The deeper Christian life is no deeper than that of the clear teaching of God's Word. It is not a mystery withheld from anyone, but made known to all who will listen and obey. Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. May Christ lead you deeper into Himself today as together we explore God's Word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hugan. Reading from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 and 8, Remember them which rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here the author of Hebrews calls all those he is writing to to keep in mind the life and deaths, not of their Jewish forebears and parents and grandparents, but to recall the deaths of those who gave them the message of Jesus as Messiah and Savior. These are identified as their leaders. They spoke God's word to them. They lived out a faithful exhibition of that word in practice. And now, those being written to and we ourselves are to keep them in mind. As we press forward into the life of faith, they made known to us. Jesus was the focus of the word they preached. Jesus was the source of the faithfulness that they exhibited. Jesus was their vision in death. They had passed away and they were gone. And the Lord Jesus, whom they had worshipped yesterday, the Lord Jesus that they had proclaimed yesterday, the Lord Jesus that they had drawn life from to live a faithful life yesterday, the Lord Jesus that they had surrendered their life for and died for in their witness of him yesterday, was the same today. He was with you right now. And he'll be the same tomorrow. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And based upon their witness, and based upon their lives, and based upon their death, they're being called to endure and be faithful. Actually, they're given three assignments. They are to remember the words spoken to them. They are to imitate the faith lived out by those who spoke that word to them. And they are to consider the death that they died. And what's being referred to, the individuals who are being referred to in this passage are the early apostles who led that early church. And so for just a moment, let's just consider these early apostles. And first, let's consider the word that they spoke. Number one, the word that they spoke. The church, our church, the church throughout the history of Christendom, is founded upon the eyewitness accounts of those disciples who met with the Lord Jesus and learned from the Lord Jesus and saw the life he lived and witnessed the death that he died and comprehended or experienced or saw him after his resurrection and ascension. These are who is referred to when the Bible speaks of apostles. Apostles is in a sense a very clear and technical term. It's speaking to these individuals who are eyewitnesses of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They were the ones who were the first on the day of Pentecost. They were the ones who were first to receive the Holy Spirit. And by that Holy Spirit, they had brought to their minds everything that the Lord Jesus had taught them so that they could go before those they went to and speak to them the very words of Jesus Christ, the very words of God as they gave witness to Christ, as they gave a pronouncement of the lessons that Christ himself had taught them by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that what they spoke, they spoke through the Holy Spirit, was the Word of God. They spoke the Word of God. And that Word, by the way, found its central theme in the person and work of the unchanging Jesus 
Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, let's listen to their own witness of what it was they spoke. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. We'll look at three apostles. We'll look at Peter, we'll look at Paul, we'll look at John. All of them will speak of the word that they spoke, and they will tell us that that word came from Jesus Christ and was all about Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. By the way, you're going to notice that Peter is going to say we when he speaks of these things because he's speaking of all the apostles. And John is going to say we because he is speaking of all the apostles. And Paul will speak in Galatians and Paul will say I, but the only reason Paul says I is that some people question his apostolic authority. And he is identifying himself as having the same experience and the same witness as all the other apostles so that men know and all know that he's included in the apostolic band. This is what Peter says. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves who heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain... So we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. We don't come up with this on our own. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. And that's what we're doing here, is what Peter's saying. Paul put it this way in Galatians 1, 11 and 12. Go to Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, and let's see how Paul puts this same thing. You see the emphasis on the word that is proclaimed, that it comes from God, and that it's all about Jesus Christ. Galatians 1, verses 11 and 12. Paul writes, For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the word of God. Now go to John, 1 John, 1 John chapter 1. John again wants us to know who it is that he spoke about, and he wants us to know his apostolic authority, and that this is the word of God that was real to him as an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. And again, John doesn't just say I, he says we, because he's speaking of all the apostles. Here's what he writes in the first four verses of 1 John. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, and the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship was with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write, there's the word, so that our joy may be made complete. The apostles went about proclaiming the word of God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ everywhere they went. Here's the second thing, the faith that they exhibited. When the Bible, by the way, uses the word faith, it can refer to a number of things. And basically, it means one of four different things. First, it can mean a sum of your belief system or what you believe. Or what you believe and understand to be true of Jesus Christ 
and true of what Jesus Christ teaches. That's the faith. So in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, the apostles are found exhorting the people to continue in the faith. They're being called upon to continue in the very things that they taught them. Remember, they went out preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as they preached the gospel, they baptized people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to make them disciples. That is, they sought to, in all of their instruction, in all of their acts, to bring them into a life that was completely immersed into Jesus Christ and the salvation. And then they taught them everything that Jesus Christ had commanded them. And that together is the faith. And they're exhorted to continue in the faith. And that's part of what it means by faith. It's just all that you believe and understand to be true from the teaching of God's Word. Again, faith can refer to the trust that a person puts in Christ as their Savior. And there are multiple examples of this in Scripture, but the first one that comes to mind is Ephesians 2.8, where it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that's an expression of the trust or believing trust that you put in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Also, faith can refer to the fruit that's produced out of your life as you seek to follow the Lord Jesus, and as you seek to live for Him. And so, Galatians 5.22 speaks of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, what's produced in your life as you follow Him, and as the Spirit begins to work His power in you, and it tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is Love and joy and peace and gentleness and kindness and self-control. And it, it says it's faith. Faith is like a fruit that's born out of our life. We find the faith of the truth of God's word preached to us. We trust in it and believe in it by faith. And then God, by his spirit, works in us an ongoing, building, growing faith in him. And the last way in which faith is used is an expression of just faithfulness or fidelity, of continuing on, of being faithful. And so we're called upon on many different occasions to be faithful or to continue in our faithfulness. And the Bible says it's required of a steward that they be found faithful. And that's the idea of this enduring faith. And so these men that we're referring to who preached the word of God, that they preached a word that was an expression of the faith that men were to believe they preached to men so that they might believe in it. That is an expression of faith. Having received it, they were to grow in that faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. And they would endure in that faith and faithfulness. And these are the kinds of men that these men were. They were faithful men. They were men of faith. They believed in Christ and they endured in their service and surrender to Him throughout their lives. They not only proclaimed the word, they lived in surrender and consistent obedience to what it was they proclaimed. And their life was a life of surrender to Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's look at the death they died. The passage here says, considering the end of their conversation, their life communicated up to the very end what it was that they believed in and what they held dear. They had a message that carried them all the way to death and through death itself. I believe if we're talking to those individuals that are being written to in Jerusalem, they would have remembered the day in which the first martyr Stephen was stoned to death in Jerusalem. If the timing is right, as I understand it, just recently, James, who had been the bishop or the head of the church in Jerusalem, has also been thrown down from the Temple Mount and stoned to death on the Temple Mount. They had seen the apostles who had led them in the early days of that church go out under a missionary calling to the ends of the earth, and they had received back the reports of how they in these different far-off lands 
bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ and the message of Jesus Christ had met death themselves so that Philip was crucified some 20 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Matthew was cut down in Ethiopia maybe 25 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And on and on would be the reports coming from the far reaches of the globe in which these men had gone out in their various journeys following the various roads of Rome to take the gospel to the furthest point that they could imagine. The word came back that they were faithful to the end and proclaiming Christ. And these men didn't go out seeking riches or favor or wealth or fame. They went out as nobodies to the ends of the earth, proclaiming the one who is everything. It's realistic to understand that as this letter is being read, they know and they've received the report of Peter and how Peter died under Nero in about 65 or 62 AD. And Peter refused to be crucified in the same way that the Lord Jesus was crucified. And so they crucified him upside down. If Paul's not the author of this book, which I believe he is, but if he isn't, Maybe they've also recently learned of Paul's beheading at Rome. These are the founding fathers. They had laid down their lives as a testament of their enduring trust and confidence in Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the author says, remember the word they spoke to you. It's all about Jesus Christ. Imitate the faith they exhibited. It was all by his power. Consider the death they triumphantly went to by faith was all about his glory and his honor and proclaiming him. Thanks for joining in today at the Bread of Life, a listener-supported program of the International Outreach Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about how God is using CPE, go to cpeonline.org. And for more about our local missions fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.